Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Barbara Pelletier, and I am a member of the volunteer preaching team. It is so great to see everybody getting up and shaking hands and giving hugs and saying welcome. It's just wonderful. Uh, I am really glad to be experiencing some freedom after our time of isolation with COVID. I'm particularly enjoying going to restaurants. Yep, having family gatherings. Uh, we're having one today after the service, which I'm really looking forward to. And to just get together with friends. It's just been lovely to have that back in my life. I hope you're enjoying some of that too. I have to say one of the scariest times for me during COVID was when one of my sisters got the disease and she was hospitalized for several weeks actually. And I know that she experienced a lot of isolation just because of the way the disease is. The medical team would monitor her with a camera and they would go to the computer and see how she was doing and they would only approach her when they absolutely needed to. And of course they were donned in all the protective gear. So I know that my um, sister felt alone because no friends or family could come in to visit or to be there with her. And she had to fight the mental and the physical challenges of this disease pretty much by herself. And her story actually kind of mirrors the story that we're going to look at today in our series in Women of Faith. And I, I want to say that I've really been blessed by the stories that I've heard before this one. And I, I just so appreciate the way the women stayed faithful to God, even though they were experiencing some difficult times. You may find yourself in a difficult time right now. And my hope is that this story would encourage you to stay faithful. So the woman that we're going to talk about is actually nameless. We have no idea what her name is. But she had an issue of blood for 12 years, which caused others to stay away from her. Now, the story does not specify which part of her body was bleeding. It just says that she was hemorrhaging. Well, for the sake of the story, and so that everyone can relate, male and female, let's just say that she was hemorrhaging from her nose for 12 years. Now, I know this sounds kind of funny, maybe far-fetched, a little bit unbelievable, but everyone can relate to this. But to show you how believable this is, I am going to tell you the story of my dad. My dad has been suffering with hemorrhaging from the nose since he was a kid. He is now 98. He doesn't have it constantly, but it's enough that he's gone to the emergency room countless times after experiencing hours and hours of his nose bleeding. His problem became so bad that he was really afraid to leave his home because he thought he might have a nosebleed he could not stop. When he did get one, he was usually exhausted from losing so much blood. He would end up with a balloon in his nose with this funny rubber tube that would hang out. It was very uncomfortable and it was kind of unsightly. 
So he would cloister himself in his home until such time that they could take that out of his nose. After many, many doctor visits, including a trip to Mayo Clinic, he was finally referred to a doctor who gave him a treatment that helped. It didn't cure it, but it helped. My dad was in his 80s when he received this treatment. Now I want you to imagine yourself with that problem. And imagine you had it for 12 years. Night, when you're sleeping, during the day when you're awake, seven days a week, for 12 years. I mean, can you imagine the stress and the strain on your body? The toll it would take you, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally as well. I mean, how could you go out to eat? How could you go grocery shopping? How could you mingle with people? I mean, your life would revolve around your hemorrhaging. This unnamed woman experienced a life that revolved around her hemorrhaging. It was an issue which kept her confined and socially unacceptable. During this woman's life, customs and laws were in place that made her an outcast from society. Not because she was bad, but she was considered unclean. And anyone who had an issue of blood at that time was considered unclean. My dad would have been considered unclean. When someone was unclean, they were not supposed to touch others. Because if they did, then that person too would become unclean. Which meant that now you were left alone until you performed a ritual called a mikvah that would cleanse you. But you couldn't do that ritual until you had gone seven days without bleeding. Well, this woman never went seven days without bleeding, so she could never perform that ritual. If you're interested in reading more about this, you can find those laws and customs in Leviticus 15. But suffice for us to know that she could not touch anyone, and no one could touch her. She was isolated. I can just imagine that she must have felt rejected, broken maybe even second class, like an outcast, and just so isolated. I mean, we've all experienced some of that with COVID. Can you imagine having that kind of isolation for 12 years? 12 years. My husband Jeff and I got COVID at the same time about a year ago. And we experienced that isolation. I mean, we were not prepared for having COVID. Our daughter lived with us at the time. So all three of us had to quarantine. At that time, it was for 14 days. We weren't prepared with groceries. We weren't prepared with meals. We just were not prepared. So people from the church and from our family would make us meals, and they would drop them off on our stairs outside, text us that the meal was here, and then they'd run. <laughs> Not really. Some did. <laughs> but, 
but it just made us feel so, I know, alone, so uh, almost, you know, dirty. It was just, you know, something is wrong, and we couldn't get close to people. Well, thankfully, somehow in this story, this woman heard about Jesus and his power and his compassion and his ability to heal people. So we're actually going to look at the story in Luke's Gospel, which is in chapter 8. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Words she had longed to hear for 12 years. She's healed. This unknown, unnamed woman risked being admonished for being in the crowd. She broke the rules and the customs of the day just to reach out and touch the fringe, just the fringe of his robe. Can I have the slide for please? I love this artist's rendition of that time, of that moment. I mean, you can just feel the array of emotions in her, her, her hope, maybe her desperation, her longing, her desire, her anticipation. This woman reaches out, even though she's frightened, because she might be called out even by Jesus and told she was unclean and unworthy to be in his presence. But to her surprise and her relief, Jesus breaks through the barriers of the law. He becomes the law and heals her. Her touch doesn't make Jesus unclean. Instead, it releases power, healing power into her life. And Jesus declares she is his daughter. She is embraced into his family. He heals her physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and socially.
Have you been touched by the healing power of Jesus? I have. I know that healing touch. Jesus healed me from a lot of brokenness and rejection and woundedness. I experienced bullying when I was a little girl. No kid should experience bullying. But I experienced bullying. He healed me from the impact of that. When I was a young woman, I was in an abusive marriage. I felt worthless, unloved. Jesus healed me from the impact of that. He healed me from a lost dream. I was so regretful, so remorseful over that, that I just spiraled down into a deep, deep depression. And I didn't want to live anymore. Jesus healed me at my point of need. I tried all kinds of things to heal myself, till my hurts and wounds. Nothing worked. I mean, I tried crystals and Zen meditation and hypnosis and drugs, and drinking, relationships, jobs, anything that I thought would heal me. But it wasn't until I finally reached out for Jesus that I felt his healing, transforming power in my life. How about you? Do you have hurts and wounds and brokenness? that you want Jesus to touch. He came here to this earth to do just that because he wants you to have a full and abundant life. And it starts out by reaching out to him. So as a family... We're just going to take a moment and do that. There is an invitation before you right now to reach out to Jesus. He knows every place you ache. He knows every place you have a pain. He knows all your woundedness. He knows all your brokenness. And he has come to transform your life. Your life your life. So if you feel so led, I invite you to say this prayer with me. It's going to be simple. It's going to be short. But together we're going to reach out to Jesus. Dear Jesus, I am reaching out for you today. I want you to come 
and heal my life, to transform me. Lord, I am sorry for my sins, and I am so grateful that you came and died on the cross for me. Jesus, I want to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. If you've just said that prayer for the first time, maybe the hundredth time, please tell someone. We would love to celebrate with you. And I encourage you to come up and get prayer. After the service, we have prayer ministers up here. It would be a great time to share with someone that you accepted Jesus. Now I want to address one more issue about healing. And that's the issue of perseverance. You see, I know it's not easy to hang in there when you've been dealing with something for a long time. So I've asked my friend Kathy Vavilla to share some of her story. She's suffered with Crohn's disease for years, and it finally got so bad this past year she had to have major surgery. While Kathy is dealing with a long-term issue, she continues to reach out to Jesus to touch her with his healing, and he has responded in some very interesting ways. Please welcome Kathy as she shares her story. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be here this morning. So, I have struggled with Crohn's disease for 44 years. Crohn's disease is an inflammatory bowel disease, also known as IBD. It's part of a group of autoimmune disorders that are found in the gut where the immune system just attacks the digestive system. The result is swelling, inflammation, and ulcerations in the lining of the intestines. Symptoms include pain, cramping, bloating, bleeding, and chronic diarrhea. Some illustration here that you can see that shows you a normal bowel and then someone who is struggling with Crohn's. There is no cure for Crohn's, but there are medications available to either suppress the immune system or to help control the inflammation in order to bring relief of symptoms. Many with Crohn's and other IBD diseases find the effectiveness of these drugs to be hit or miss. Um, it certainly has been a mixed bag of results and success for me. Over time, I pretty much gave up on using the drugs because it didn't seem to make a difference. And uh, I no longer wanted to deal with side effects which were plaguing me, such as skin cancer. Have I prayed for healing? Through the years, you bet I have. Did God answer my prayers? Well, it certainly seemed like his answer was wait 
rather than the miraculous yes I was hoping for. After living with this condition for almost my entire life, taking many drugs, trying lots of diets, I came to the conclusion, this is my lot in life. I simply accepted this as my normal. And honestly, I admit, I pretty much gave up on getting prayer for healing. Like the woman with the issue of blood, I felt like the woman with the issue of diarrhea. She was labeled as unclean, and deep down, I really felt unclean, too. At times, I felt dirty. I felt ashamed. I never knew when I was going to be struck with an urgent need to run to the restroom. I spent a lot of time hiding and a lot of time making provisions to hide my inability to control my bowels and would isolate myself socially during flare-ups so I could be by a bathroom. Last fall, I reached a stage where everything and everything, anything and everything I ate, brought pain and discomfort. I needed to lie down with a vibrating heating pad on my stomach to help move the pain and move the food through my bowels every single time I ate everything, even jello. I was making a dozen trips to the bathroom every day, day and night. I lost almost 40 pounds. Turns out, I had developed strictures, six of them, which is a narrow area of scar tissue in my small intestine, and they were blocking the normal flow of digestion. My doctor said I needed immediate surgery to remove and repair this portion of my intestines, or I would eventually die. So what choice did I have? I was at the end of my intestinal rope. So after a successful surgery in February, thank you, Lord, my doctor recommended I start taking one of the commonly prescribed biologics for Crohn's disease. It's an injection that I would need every eight weeks for the rest of my life. Because with Crohn's disease, they say there is a 75% chance of reoccurrence if I do nothing. The biologics would suppress my immune system to minimize reoccurrence of symptoms, reduce the chance of developing more strictures, and reduce the need for more surgery. But like most drugs in this class, suppressing my immune system makes me less able to fight off diseases. And there is a risk of developing side effects, some very severe. So as you can imagine, all of this felt like a huge slug to my gut and I literally felt sick to my stomach. I told my doctor I wanted to wait to make a decision about the biologics. I really needed to pray about it, and pray I did. I reached out to Jesus, and I asked him to point me in the right direction. Should I take the drugs, or was there another way? I felt desperate, and I felt defeated. A week or so later, I received a rather random email in my inbox from an organization called nutritionfacts.org. It's titled, Preventing Inflammatory Bowel Disease with Diet. Hmm, interesting. Five days later, I received another email. The best diet for ulcerative colitis treatment. And then, two days later, 
This email came in, the best diet for Crohn's disease treatment. Wow. I began to ask myself, is this how God is answering my prayer? And if so, does God need to send me three emails to get my attention? So, okay, I'm a little slow sometimes. In any case, all three emails pointed to case studies of people with either IBD or ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease who experienced lasting remission on a whole food plant-based diet. No meat, no dairy, just whole unprocessed foods like fruits and vegetables and nuts and beans and lentils. So in coordination with my doctor, I respectfully declined the biologics and I stepped out in faith believing this was God's answer to my prayer. I began a whole food plant-based diet in May. Three months later, I am very happy to tell you I haven't felt this good in a very long time. My digestive system is pretty much back to normal. Thank you, Lord. And for me, this is not about what I can't eat. It's about what I can eat. I can eat delicious foods I've not been able to eat in years. And my taste buds have literally just woken up. And so is my faith. I'm learning to expect the unexpected from God. Because in my head, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing sending emails, really, Jesus? <laughs> Changing my diet, really, Jesus? But in my spirit, I'm hearing, really, Jesus? Um, there's one more, there's a little more detail to my story, and I'm happy to talk with any of you afterwards. But let me close by saying, I believe God has provided healing for all of us through Jesus' work on the cross. I believe he is providing healing in my body even as I speak, and I trust that he will complete the good work he has started in me, in all of us who trust in him. I plan to reach out to Jesus for his ongoing healing in my life, not only physically, mentally, and spiritually, too. Thanks for listening. I think Kathy's example of faithfulness, persevering, continuing to reach out to Jesus for healing is just so encouraging to me. I hope you find that too. See, it's not believing that Jesus has forgotten about you because that's what the devil wants you to think. It's about persevering, having endurance, continuing to reach out, to believe in the one who can heal. If I could have the worship team come forward, please. So we always like to leave you with three tips. So my first tip to you today is to read the story of the woman with the issue of blood. You can find it in Mark 5 or Luke 8. 
And while you're reading it, just ask the Lord if there's something he wants to reveal to you. My second tip is to pray. Pray for healing. Pray for yourself. Pray for a loved one. Pray for a coworker. Pray for healing. And my third one is to do. I encourage you to reach out to Jesus and go wherever he leads you. Like Kathy, he may lead you to someplace completely unexpected. And if I could have the last slide, I want you to take this one thing away today. If you don't remember anything else, this is what I would like you to remember. Seek him out. Reach out. Let him touch your life and transform it. If I could have the prayer ministry team come up, please. This is the time in our service when we get to respond to what Jesus is doing in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits. We're going to sing a few songs. The prayer ministry team is up here. You see, I don't know specifically what your struggles are. I don't know where you hurt. I, I don't know what your brokenness is. I don't know what your wounds are. Jesus does. And Jesus wants to heal that for you. So I invite you to come up and get prayer from these wonderful people. Together with you, they will reach out to Jesus on your behalf. The worship team will dismiss us when it's time to go. Thank you. Let's stand together for the